I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything from the shop? Cornetto. Chocolate! It doesn't say anything about a chocolate, does it? No. No, it doesn't. Sure it doesn't. So fuck off! My boy says he can eat 50. Hello, and welcome to a Summer Spool podcast. Which, try to guess what number we're on, Boric. Uh, 71 Oh, it's 75 Oh, not Clearly bad. you haven't been paying attention So we're three quarters of a century there uh, On the way there to our to our 100 I don't know what we'll do for the 100 Anyway, we'll get through 25 more months So we'll see how we're doing So uh, I'm Nigel Wheatley And beside me, as always, it's Pork McGill Hello Yeah Coming up on this month's show We've got reaction to this week's big release Which is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom And is it just out this weekend The This weekend's other release book club Or has that been out a while? I think that might have been out uh, last weekend last week. Okay so yeah. anyway we'll chat about book club Solo, a Star Wars story, Deadpool 2 uh, Tully, Lean on Pete The Breadwinner Maybe we'll chat about the World Cup Or what we're watching on TV Sports, I don't know Who knows, who knows They always try to break the boundaries Anyway, we'll start with a clip from uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom this is a very hard film to find um, a clip with just some dialogue oh, okay not like it's mostly just roaring. like the yeah. T-Rex anyway here is uh, this is Chris Pratt as Owen Grady and Bryce Dallas Howard as Claire Deering just having a little bit of a chat gives you a bit of a sense of the film do you remember the first time you saw a dinosaur first time you see them it's like a miracle You read about them in books, you see the bones in museums, but you don't really believe it. They're like myths. And then you see the first one alive. This is not your fault. But it is. This one's on me. I showed him the way. Presumably you saw Jurassic World, right? I did. I saw it uh, only a day or so ago. Yeah, and you've seen the first film in this series, right? Yeah, I think I've seen all of them. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, because I saw, a tra- there was a trailer for the Mission Impossible new film. Yeah. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I haven't seen the last three Mission Impossibles. But really? I've seen all the Jurassic And they've parts. actually gotten Yeah, you good. said they're, they're all not, pretty solid. So. Not quite in the Fast and Furious realm, uh, but yeah. They're, mm. they're very, very solid. So anyway, that's uh, the pair of them used to work in the Jurassic World theme park, luxury resort, whatever it is. It's been three or four years since it was um, destroyed by dinosaurs. and But we're going back there now because now the island the is volcano, rebelling. Yeah, it's going to explode. Gonna dissolve, yeah, whereas the dinosaurs and humans were going to be destroyed each other. Now the island is attacking. So that's kind of amusing. But anyway, so Island Nublar, there's a volcano there. Um a group led by this guy who was a, a scientist, I guess he's a philanthropist now. He plans to get dinosaurs off there, put them onto a new island where they can just live in sanctuary. But he has hired, or his kind of, there's there, there's more to it. So there's an ulterior motive yeah. that we don't, we find out as the film Did you recognise that guy? He's actually English. Rafe Spall? Yeah. 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 He's uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, he started out, and I was like, I'm almost proud that he kind of went my proud, but it's cool that Good. he's done really yeah. well. And then the dad from Babe, Babe, or the yeah. granddad, uh, who hasn't been in any other films, right? Like there was no mention of him in previous things, because yeah, was, as a character, sorry, yeah. yeah, I don't think so. Um, because I was just wondering where they're gonna re- reanimate Richard Attenborough. Anyway, he was Richard Attenborough's right hand man, it seems, or funded the part. Something very like that Westworld. back in the day. Yeah, yeah, it is basically <laughs> Westworld. Um it turns into an episode of Westworld. Oh actually. yeah, towards the end. That's a bit ridiculous. So anyway, so 
the pair of them are recruited to go back to the island and and tag these last few dinosaurs that they're trying to get in particular blue who's this raptor who owen played by chris pratt has a special bond with because he trained them yeah, it's and, almost like a dog yeah and the raptor is seen as the you know the alpha number one if they can tap into that then all will be cured from that and as the film then progresses and from that clip that's where they're in they're in a cage because they are they're in a prison cell because they've been captured because actually these guys wanted to capture all the dinosaurs in order to sell them use them for research weaponize them blah mm. blah 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 good old double cross There's yeah lots of nods to the kind of original jurassic park whereby the first dinosaur they see is a brontosaurus and they do that thing where they all get out of the truck and yeah, look at look, it there's do also a spielberg gaze and go oh yeah so the first half half of the film is all on the island when they're rescuing the dinosaurs you're like cool but you're like okay they're off the island now and there's still about an hour left of this and then it kind of almost goes back to the first film as well where it's like they're in a big house and they're getting chased by dinosaurs and there's different stuff like that and there's a child character in the film she kind of hides in a dumb waiter and there's that thing where the dinosaur comes for and she's pulling it down. So there's lots of these nods to the yeah, original which, to keep older fans probably like, oh, yeah. nostalgia. And it's from a different director this time around. So J.A. Bayona, who did The Impossible and did The Orphanage. So he likes to have kids and kids in peril in his films. Um, but I thought maybe it'd be a bit scarier as a film. Maybe I did, I did think the house stuff was cool and they were going for a bit of a gothic-y thing. And... The reveal without, um, I don't know if this stage people listening, um, the, there's a bit of a reveal then toward the end that you're like, oh, so they could have, that's not even related to dinosaurs. So this whole world mm. of genetic engineering, it kind of relates back to Which how humans can be engineered yeah. without going into too much detail. And no one is surprised by this in the film. Everyone's just like, oh, cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're just like, oh, we're parents now. Cool. Yeah. That's great. You know? And um, there are some humor lines in it, but it's not really, it's not well, up there with Avengers. Like, Yeah, well, he also, Chris Pratt, you realize, is sort of... Um, he's a bit wasted in this. He's wasted. And because Peter Quill, Guardians of the Galaxy, we've seen him twice on the big screen in, in recent times, you, he, he's not him, right? So he's much more... I think he'll be a good, um, I don't know if this has been tipped or anything, but like the next Indiana Jones... I think that was talked about before. Yeah, he yeah. could he could do that for sure. I think yeah. he could because he could ham it up a bit with the humor as well, and I think it'd be good. You're not sure the guy from Solo, Star Wars story, would take on? Oh uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I suppose the one thing with me, what's worth. So anyway, just we will continue to talk about it as a as an experience. But out of five, where are you landing? I'm. I actually enjoyed it a lot for what it was. But I have a It'd reason for that. I'm a three and a half. I'd be about a two and a half, three kind of. Yeah. I thought it, I was thought it was going to be mock. I was just yeah. like from the trailers and stuff, but I thought it was quite enjoyable yeah um but where it lost me were bits where it's just like this is so ridiculous and so stupid yeah by by weaponizing dinosaurs and them not being based not that the first films were based in fact but they were at least historically relatively accurate dinosaurs based around science whereas with this you're kind of like are they gonna just like develop some sort of t-rex that has a machine gun in its little tiny hand yeah to compensate for its its failings and this kind of new neo-raptor or whatever they called it um, the bit where it's kind of attacking the girl and it's like creeping over the bed you're like this is so stupid it would not do this it would just jump her and rip her apart yeah. and there's loads of bit with the T-Rex on the island where it's just kind of like uh, you know oh we're I'm actually your mate I'm helping get rid of other dinosaurs but yeah. I'm not going to kill you it's very daft yeah yeah so I uh, yeah so I went to see this in 4DX which is Cineworld Dublin's new uh, new cinema 
um, new cinema offering, which is an enhanced cinematic experience involving, I guess, sense it's a fourth layer or sorry, a third layer other than sound vision. And now you've got motion. They put different effects, uh, spraying mm. a bit of water on you, I saw all that kind Deadpool of thing. Two in this. And you saw Deadpool yeah. two in it. So we've both now seen it. Opened about up about a month ago, and um, this film was perfectly suited to it. Like it was really, it actually was like the film was made with this in mind. Like I was almost cynical, wondering, am I seeing a different version of the film? Because there'd be a shot outside the mansion, the haunted, the the mansion, the gothic mansion, that would just be rain with a bit of wind. And you're like, so that's just to set the scene as they spray, spit a bit of water yeah, on you. Yeah. Like it was actually very well suited. The film opens, if you remember, like with a similar scene where there's a bit of rain. On the island. On an island. And then they're in a rocky boat. Then it's a helicopter. There's gunshots in it. It's like... Yeah, it's genuinely like they, they had this in mind as they put okay. the film together. So, so that added to it rather than took it, away from it? As an experience, yeah. Like, I mean, we're not talking about... This isn't a Stanley Kubrick film or something that, no. you know, you really need to concentrate. It, I, I definitely think it enhanced the experience and I possibly would have been a bit more bored if I was... Because, you see, I went to see Deadpool 2 in it and after about 10 minutes, I was like, this is more of a distraction. Like, because it was lots of fight scenes and stuff. So you were just kind of like... Yeah, so they're just seat, punching you in the yeah, back. And just stuff like that. And you're seated move and you're like, oh, this is really Yeah, I was thinking about Deadpool like... during... Because I knew you'd gone and I saw Deadpool last week and there's not as much of the, the sensory kind of stuff. Like, it's more just actual fight scenes. Whereas this, as an adventure film, I think was perfectly suited to it. So I was... Mm. I would recommend we maybe that we would do the 4DX. So yeah, okay. but it would it would. So what's ret- the next one then in 4DX? I suppose I don't know because we've had Solo that was in 4DX. Yeah, I I'd thought s- that might have been. I'd cool. say they possibly just leave it there. But yeah. anyway, so that's it. So also at this weekend is Book Club. Yeah, so I got to see this a day or two ago, and it's I didn't actually look up if it's based on a book, but <laughs> it's that it's four women: uh, Dan, Keaton, Jane Fonda, Candice Bergen, and Mary. Steenbergen, who play our friends and they have a book club and they've been very distinctive it. demographic of women there as yeah. well for it. They know who the, their audience is here, don't they? They've been doing a book club for years and years and years. And as a joke, uh, Jane Fonda, it's her month to pick, so she picks fifty shades of grey. And they're all like, Oh no, we couldn't possibly talk about this, we couldn't possibly talk about this. So they do it. And then they do all three books in the trilogy and it follows them as they kind of get back in touch with only one of them is married um Mary Steenbergen she's married real life wife of Ted Danson as you know oh yeah so she is kind of um going through a bit of a a dry spell with her husband who's recently become retired and uh, they just aren't getting it on so the book is kind of re-inspiring her then Jane Fonda meets an old flame she owns a, a hotel and Don Johnson who people would know as um, Nash Bridges uh, he is her old flame Diane Keaton uh, is she's kind of an interesting one because her kids are at that stage where you know you start to look after your parents and treat them like children yes so they want her to move to them with Arizona and she's like no I can't do this but she goes out to investigate it and she happens to sit beside it's not actually it's Andy Garcia but it's you know he's playing a character uh, so they get together and then Candice Bergen is a judge I haven't seen Andy Garcia in anything in a very long yeah. time yeah Candy's uh, is kind of does the whole online dating thing, so it's kind of her getting uh, back in touch mm. with that. So um, we have a, a small clip from it here, so it kind of gives you a bit of the vibe. Oh! I'm sorry. No, I'm funny. I really didn't mean to disturb you. <laughs> Too late. I know. I know. 
Wow. Ooh. Okay. I'm, I'm really scared of flying. You shouldn't be. Oh, yeah, well, I won't be once these kick into my bloodstream. The safest way to travel. You remember when you think that? Why? Because you never really met anybody who's been in a plane crash, and you want to know why? Why? Because they're all dead. I think those pills are affecting you already. <laughs> uh, so there you kind of get a bit of the feel for the film. It's basically 75% innuendo. All the women are alcoholics. It kind of plays up to this female fantasy where they just sit around and drink wine all the time. But Is they, it like Cougar Town meets Grace and Frankie? Yeah. Okay. Like I have a lot of time for Jane Fonda yeah. from Grace and Frankie. She's brilliant in that. But it's and it's great to see kind of oh, this sounds really patronizing older women on screen. But yeah, it's playing kind of, themselves. Yeah, sure. it's a bit annoying that they're just caricatures. Mm. Like Diane Keaton, I'm kind of slowly realizing basically plays the same character in every single film she's been in. Like you could go back and watch a Woody Allen film, controversial, and you would have this no. It's not controversial. It's fine now because the son. Um, the son, not Ronan Farrow, the other son has come out and said it's all lies and Mia Farrow's mental. So it's oh, fine. Yeah. We can love Woody again. <laughs> yeah. Or can we? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. So, um, so it's directed by a man and written by yeah, a Bill man Holderman. And a woman, so. so it's kind of, look, there's a hilarious joke to do with uh, Werner Herzog, of all people, which is very funny. And that gave me a laugh. And everyone, like this film is not for me. Lots of other people in the cinema were having a ball. And it was funny. So like. Out of five? Uh, one and a half. Okay, but one to look out for when I'm on a plane with my mum, if that ever happens. Sure, it'll be a Although bit awkward actually... though, because you see a cat at one point in the film, right? The judge has a cat, and you know, it's just going to be a joke about that cat. And then about 10 minutes later, she's at a vet, and there's the joke about the cat. Okay. So, say no more. Yeah, um, yeah so. Yeah, I went to see, um, oh God, I can't remember it. Is it a film called It's Complicated or something? No, with Meryl Streep. Alec Baldwin, Steve Martin. Remember that film from a few years ago? Oh, no. yeah, yeah. I've seen that with my mother. Oh, this is called It's Complicated. Researcher in the back. I've just. Researchers are normally speaking to my headphones, wouldn't they? But anyway, rather than in the room. But oh. yeah, it's complicated. And that was a weird experience because mm. there was a couple of funny jokes there. So yeah, I don't want to watch it. It'll be now. on Netflix in about a year. Yeah, okay, very good. So also, staying away from there. Um, I may, I'll just quickly mention as well for one that's uh, in the cinemas a bit of a smaller film that might be going to see is The Breadwinner so this is um, Irish co- fully Irish but it depends anyway Cartoon Saloon the um, Kilkenny based animation studio they got Oscar nominated for this and uh, Nora Toomey is the director so um, it, this came out in America last autumn it had all the Oscar buzz around February played I think the Dublin Film Festival didn't it? and now it's finally in cinema and hasn't really gotten much. They had a they had a special John Kelly the works presenting on about on TV, but I have not seen and it's been on buses, but I've seen no one has seen it. And I don't know it's what a hard the story as well for kids to go and see because it's yeah, it's just not insane. a kids, yeah. It's 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 a it's a yeah. So anyway, it's set it's in Afghanistan. Like uh, yes, yeah, exactly. It's set in Afghanistan, two thousand and one. Uh, this, this about an eleven year old girl. And her father is arrested. And then Parvana, the main character, she cuts off her hair dressed like a boy and then goes to work and all that. So, yeah, it's a nice film. But um, it's just a real pity that it hasn't found an audience. But if anyone's listening and has looked for a you know, very solid f- film to go to, then see The Breadwinner. But Brilliant. We'll talk about a few of the other big releases then that are out there at the minute. Mainly what I'm going to call the most uh, forgettable Star Wars film I've ever seen, Solo. 
Star Wars A Star Wars story. story. Yeah. Um, it's always a bad sign when the directors get fired from the film and Ron Howard comes in to like settle stuff up. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I like Ron Howard when he does his ah, own yeah. thing, but, yeah. you know, kind of coming into this. So it stars Alden Einrich as Solo. Uh, people might remember him from the Coen Brothers film. He kind of had that funny, you know, wouldn't it or so or some line he keeps having to repeat. Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar. Mm. Um, yeah, so he plays Solo and it starts out with him and Amelia Clark, who plays Kira. But it's not spelt like that. I just went to IMDb and it's spelt more like Kiora. Kiora. Um, mm. So they're kind of escaping from this uh, planet that's called Corellia. And they manage to get so far, but she gets stuck behind. And he's like, look, I'll come back for you. And the way he does that is he goes and joins the army. But the army is the Imperial Force. And the first really corny thing is where it's just like, what's your name? And he's like, Han. And he's like, what's your family name? And he's like, I don't have anyone. So then the officer types into the keyboard, Han Solo. And you're like, piss off. So um, it then kind of cuts forward to like a Vietnam type scenario where he bumps into Woody Harrelson and his band of outlaws who are kind of pulling scams. Very kind of catch 22. And um, that's where he's like, look, I need to get out of the army. It's a joke. Can I come with you? And they're like, no, piss off. Um, And then he meets Chewbacca. So he kind of is put into the pit. It's just like they're like, throw him into the pit with the beast. So you know it's going to be Chewbacca. I thought Jabba, was, Jabba the Hutt was going to come out there, but there was no Jabba here. No, so. that'll be in the second one if they get the oh. go-ahead first, <laughs> depending on the box office. So um, the Chewbacca meeting, you're kind of like, oh, that wasn't too bad. And then... But these it's... are like web like vignettes that you would just see on StarWars.com and go, that's a fun little thing they did. A little or a cartoon, like, yeah. Or just you could read about it. Like, it just doesn't didn't feel like it needed. And I really like Rogue One, but Rogue One felt like an independent story yeah. that led to the plans for the Death Star being... Yeah, and it kind of follows the line of the Star Wars films at their heart being about really stupid, boring things. Like, this yeah. whole film is about coaxium. It's this type mm. of fuel that the whole galaxy is killing each other to get. Yeah. Um, Rogue One was about plans for a spaceship. Yeah. You know, so it kind of follows this. But I suppose with Rogue One, at least the plans were for the most famous spaceship. Yeah. Uh, of all time. But, yeah, like, I, and I, I do mean when I meant, when I said it's forgettable, it's not bad. It's also no. just not great. It actually like, looks really good, although fun. there is a weird thing where um, I said it to you and then you tweeted me. Um, the colour. It, it looks quite dark and, and it, yeah. I think it's being projected incorrectly in a lot of screens. Or yeah. And I think as well, yeah, the... the the, the um yeah the, the, it's a well documented thing that everyone's like this is weirdly dark and I think you pointed out that because of that coaxium being so bright and all or the fuel they yeah, want those yeah. things to really pop off it's the very screen strange or so then uh, Woody and Han kind of join forces and they go and meet Woody's boss who turns out to be um Paul Bentley who's playing uh, and he's good boss. he's very good yeah and him and Ron Howard get on but his so. right hand. Uh, woman is Amelia Clark, and she has, you know, she keeps saying loads of times, being like, "Oh, you wouldn't believe the stuff I've done," but she never really alludes to it, and you wouldn't. Yeah. It's this daft thing where, like, why wouldn't you turn around and be like, that "Just a, tell me"? Is like, that a PG version of that she'd been abused or assaulted, or she'd killed loads of people, or yeah? And so then the last kind of piece, and then of the spoiler puzzle, alert at the end of the film. Oh yeah. Duh, duh, duh. So the last piece of the puzzle then is one of the best bits, I think, uh, Donald Glover. As um, yeah, Lando Calrissian. Although he almost is doing an impersonation of he's, he's no, he's one hundred percent just doing <laughs> yeah. Billy D. Williams. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's good fun. Um, and again, announced... as you say, it's a very pointless film. It's very kind of yeah. forgettable. Um, I don't think it's done any great 
business at the box office. I could be wrong on that, but no, it's it's considered a big disappointment. So um, they're not really sure where the anthology stuff is going to go. Whether they might, I think that the an Obi Wan film is very very likely uh next and i don't know and boba fett they're the two okay some sort of prequel things on that but other than that we know that rian johnson is doing his own trilogy and we've got like episode uh nine coming up to finish up with the whole kenobi uh skywalker saga that world or whatever. yeah but yeah i guess what's sad is we're just gonna have one of these every year and it'll be less and less exciting yeah, it's kind of, you're just like, you're just going along to it to be like, oh, I see yeah. this. And also, they didn't do, one quick observation, they didn't do a title crawl that we all had to look forward to for Star Wars films, but they did do, like, title cards in the blue font. Yeah. And you're like, you're putting the same character count and word count as you would in a title crawl, but you just don't want to do the, the, the famous fanfare thing, so I don't know. Because I couldn't I remember then, did they do that for Rogue One? No, Obviously not, it's no. a thing like, that's only yeah. Star Wars so I just think it's, there's something very rotten about it. I did really like um, the Cloud people, whatever they were called, you know, the kind of piratey bandit people. Oh, they were well yeah. done. Uh-huh. And at the end, saying, do you want to join a rebellion? I was like, oh, that's fun. Mm. And then, that big spoiler, anyway, big spoiler, blah, 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 Darth Maul at the end. I was like, oh, that's very much a fan. Yeah, thing. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, because he is in the books. In the in the comic books and in the cart, cartoon series as well, even though he was cut in half. But... I was kind of reading somewhere though afterwards that they think Kira is potentially um, Kylo Ren's mother. Okay, and that's why because Solo obviously kind of hates her, and they think that's why Solo is a bit cold in the newer trilogy. Kylo but... Ren is Kylo Ren's mother, not Carrie Fisher though. But like that. No, like Kyle, we don't know any, we don't know, we only know who Adam Driver is. Yeah. Is Leia and Solo. Yeah, who, and, oh, sorry, yeah, but Kyle, that is Kylo Ren, but you're talking oh, about, oh, sorry, um, Ray. Ray, sorry, yes, yes that she might okay. be Ray's mother. Hey. Yeah. Because of the, okay, because of the, the line where she comes from nobody, or no people, yeah, like, uh, so she's not from a family, like, and that's why family. Solo is a bit ah, weird yeah, okay. to her. In, which I didn't really pick up on in, in the newest Star Wars films, kind of. So, mm. Okay. I'd say they're just really clutching the stars there, but I'm into that, maybe, as a way of linking it together. Yeah. Uh, another one that's in the cinema now, um, which kind of... I'll just... Before we start, we're going to talk about Deadpool 2, but Jurassic World very much felt to me like it was just sort of almost setting up a Jurassic World 3 where all the dinosaurs are out in the open and in the world. Which is really stupid because, Solo, like, they're just, just going to be dead. Like, ah, yeah, the army just, just kill them just and... Just shoot them. Solo, kind of a bit pointless, as in what was the whole point of it. Deadpool mm-hmm. 2, by the end of it, I was like, oh, they just want to do their own gang. You know that? Yeah. Like, anyway, John. Okay. So Deadpool 2 uh, follows on. We've got Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Um, Ryan Reynolds basically playing himself in real life as Deadpool all the time now. If you see him in any, you're like, you've become the same. Yeah, it's which a, is cool. It's very weird, yeah. Um, so it kind of starts off with him attacking some bad guys, goes down the route of Batman, which he jokes to, in that his girlfriend, oh, yeah. played by Marina Bakarin, uh, she plays Vanessa. She gets shot and killed. So then he goes into like the depths of depression. And um, I can't remember, is it Colossal is the X-Men guy? Uh, I think so, yeah. He comes along Colossus, and tries maybe. to bring him out of his funk and be like, look, come and join us. And they go and form a wee thing. So their first job is that they happen upon uh, a school where we see Julian Dennison, who people will know from... Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah, Ricky Baker. And uh, he has got this magic, like not magical power, he's got this X-Men power where he can like, 
shoot balls of fire and stuff like this. And he's not really in control of it. No. Sort of at a puberty stage. Yeah, because it turns out like um, Eddie Morrison is the headmaster and he's a bad guy and he's clearly been torturing the, the kids. Yeah. So he's like... He was good, actually. Again, Eddie Morrison, you're like, I've been seeing you in stuff for like, what, 20 years? Oh, and more, yeah. Like, was he in Stuart Little? Like, is that, like was he in these Harry... Like, you just feel like he's been in everything yeah, forever. Yeah. He was kind of like a forerunner to Toby Jones and Toby Jones was in Jurassic Park. Yeah. And you were just like, oh yeah, Jurassic World. You think Um, they're somewhat interchangeable maybe, yeah. Yeah. So then this turns into a whole thing whereby, so the kid, like, Deadpool has these weird kind of dream fantasies where he's trying to get to his wife and the wife is like, no, you have to think about family or you're not ready to come to me yet. So then he sees protecting this kid as his thing. Because we have uh, Josh Brolin who comes... Which, just on that, I was I was like, that level of like spirituality and afterlife thing, I was like, this is very unusual for the Marvel Universe that I was aware of. Like, I can't... I know they have fantasy things like with Thanos in the Avenger films and stuff, but mm. I was like, this is an actual depiction of like purgatory like heaven and afterlife yeah, uh-huh. heaven. Right? Like, it's quite religious, actually, yeah. So then Cable comes on the scene and he has come from the... From Future. the Avengers, played by Jeff Roll and Thanos. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he was good. He was good in this. Yeah. Movie. There's a whole time travel thing whereby the kid, uh, Firefist, uh, goes on and he kind of goes to the dark side, for want of a better term, and becomes a terrible guy and kills loads of people. And he has killed Josh, future Josh Brolin's wife and child. So Josh Brolin comes into the present to kill him, to stop it, the kind of classic thing. Yeah. But Deadpool's like, no, I can't let this happen. And then they have this kind of back and forth. We have a small clip here of Cable. My name's Cable. I'm here for the kid. Kids give us a chance to be better than we used to be. He needs you. Daddy's got this. I ain't letting Cable get to him. But I can't do this alone. I need your help, ladies. Understatement of the year. You're absolutely right. guy give him a chance very noisy clip work thank yeah. you so one of the best bits i it does think give me the sense of the energy and yeah a bit of bit of 90s music in there too so deadpool puts this whole gang together which i thought is very funny like that's kind of the standalone segment from the film he gets um cz beats from who plays domino and people yeah. will know her from Atlanta if anyone's yeah. watching it. Along with Donald Glover. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and we Did also you watch all of this series episodes? I've one episode left to watch. Oh, it's a very good finale. Yeah. Only we could do a podcast on that. And Rob Delaney shows up from Catastrophe. He plays Peter, which is very funny. So that whole segment is good. But overall, there's a bit too many feelings in the film and it goes into family a bit too much. And it's like... It goes uh, a bit fast and furious. Yeah, you know, and I'm like, don't it's still really very, need to see a third it's one It's still of these. very clever, very funny, but you're like, is it now? Yeah, you don't need to see any more. No, it's a bit you, too meta. Like. You can experience the whole thing again, just like from watching the trailers and watching short form, like they could do little webisodes again. Don't need to go to the cinema for it. And the way it wrapped up at the end where... Yeah, she fixes like, the device, so it was all this pointless thing. Yeah, and did you watch all the after post-credits bits where like... They go back in time and like she's alive then alive. basically. And so you're like, you're like right. what? So the whole film was pointless. Yeah. So um but again, I don't know what I can't remember what I gave it. I enjoyed it. Three give it about three and a half. Three, yeah. Three and a half. Yeah. Mm. So one to one to recommend there if you haven't seen it. I think I'd still put, Jur- I'd put Jurassic World over it. If we're talking about the three big big heavy blockbusters we've had, I'm putting Jurassic World then Deadpool, then Solo, probably. 
Oh, and they're those all grand. three, probably, yeah. They're all yeah. grand, but none of them terrible, none of them no. great. I'm not no. sure. Um, and this is all, the three of them have come out early. So Jurassic World has come out before it's coming out in America because of the World Cup. Oh, wow. Oh, so there'll be nothing really now. We're in just Europe having a quiet then. month. Yeah. Right, okay. I think Ocean's 8 will, is that out next week? I think so, in yeah. 10 days time. So oh, and I the think, horror film, Hereditary. Yeah, so so they're the two. But I don't think there's like, I think Mission Impossible and all that will kick off then toward the tail end of, of July or whatever. So okay. everyone's going to be watching Russia, Saudi Arabia. I think it's all on RT as far as I know. So okay, cool. You can probably stream it. Other right. services are filmed. <laughs> Other services if you have BBC or, or ITV. Uh, we've just got two more that probably aren't in the cinema anymore, but to look out for when they show up on Netflix or Skygo or All You See or Putlocker or in your local... Hulu, uh, is Hulu still a thing? No. Hulu is in America. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hulu is where The Handmaid's Tale is. Yeah, it's very oh, active. Oh, okay. But basically, presumably Netflix. Anyway, I'll go first. Uh, my own is Lean on Pete. So this is from Andrew High, who directed 45 Years. So this has Steve Buscemi in it. It's about um, a young uh, a teenager who lives at his dad. And then he finds work uh, with this aging racehorse called uh, Lean on Pete which the name of the film and Steve Buscemi plays the trainer and it's a bit like Into the Wild I have to I can't remember the guy's name Steve Buscemi in another show with Pete in the title (laughs) that's yeah that's right so um, it's yeah Charlie Plummer is the the main guy so anyway I I would highly recommend it so I'm not I'm not selling very very well but Lean on Pete uh, anything with Steve Buscemi is usually yeah and this is a nice heartfelt time. drama and uh, really because he goes on the run he brings the horse and a lot of the stuff that I remembered liking and connecting with from Into the Wild is sort of alluded to in this because okay. he's a runaway but he happens to have a horse which is mental so then the last one is Tully um, starring Charlize Theron who is a mum of two kids and pregnant with a third so it's a great way of kind of just showing like parenthood isn't all you know um rainbows and cupcakes and it's a very honest depiction i would imagine yeah it's directed by jason reitman and her brother charlie theron's brother is just like why don't you get a night nanny you know they come in kind of yeah i'll pay for it yeah they kind of will tidy the house at night you're in sleep they'll wake you up when you need to feed and that's it and she eventually decides to do it and it's played by mackenzie davis and she's called tully so then um they kind of get this they form a, spe- a, a bond, really good kinda, bond. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, it's really good. It kind of becomes the mother kind of then like Charlize Theron. It's just like, oh yeah, she starts to get her life back a bit. And, you know, um, they become firm friends. And she kind of says, look, yeah, there is more to life than just being a mom and I can do other stuff. Then it kind of takes a bit of a turn. Like I won't go into the spoilers and stuff. But um, ah, there's, was- a, there's an incident and... Yeah, you're like, oh. Yeah, and I, it lost me a bit before that happened where there's something happens and you're like, I'm not buying this. um, and But then the resolution is very quick after that so you don't and get to like, linger on it too much oh, and you're yeah, like, all yeah. oh, right, that makes sense. Well, and you're all, you're kind of like, oh, so that's why that happened. Yeah, yeah like yeah, flags yeah. are being raised at that point where yeah, you're like, yeah. something isn't 100% so I think, here. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I, yeah. I saw it with, uh, in a parent and baby screening with loads of, loads of uh, new mothers who are depicting a lot of the characteristics of this in terms of being exhausted and just being tired and questioning mm. everything. And yeah, it, I just thought it was like one of the most honest depictions of not even like just mental health for people like and kind of middle-aged mm. mental health and how that all that is dealt with <clears throat> on screen. I thought it was brilliant. The only thing that slightly annoyed me is kind of a false trap to the useless man kind of syndrome. Yeah. With Ron Livingston who plays Drew and you're a bit yeah. like, 
he would know some of the stuff that's going on. Like would he not? Yeah, he he. The way the film works, he actually never meets Tully. Yeah, um, he's kind of upstairs playing the Xbox and going to work these big long hours, leaving her her there. So that was the only kind of thing that took away from it. Yeah. But. Um. So anyway, so that's it. Um. Coming up then this next couple of weeks, I don't know nothing really. I'm mostly excited about the World Cup, but Hereditary is getting very good. I think it's yeah. going to suffer from being too hyped and not live up to it. Uh huh. I don't know. I don't know. It's their Sicario Day of the Soldado, which is not really related to the first film in any way. Um. Just has your man in it. Yeah, Josh Brolin is there, but um, Emily Blunt not there. Uh, with Ocean's Eight. I don't know. I think The Incredibles 2. And then, yeah. And then the film that I'm most excited by, and you might note, we have a printout here in front of us. The release date, 4th of July, 2018. The first Purge. As everyone knows, my favourite series of films is The Purge, The Purge Anarchy, and The Purge Election Year. They're modern classics. That there's a poster for it in Cineworld. Yeah. And there's it's just the, pur- the first Purge. But there's a guy, and it's like he has an England flag in his face. And I was like, oh, oh I didn't realise it was set in England, the first one. All right, yeah. So, so yeah, looking forward to that. And then we've Ant-Man coming maybe before where... Oh, and the Wasp. Yeah, and all that is early July. So that's anyway within the next three, four weeks. But, uh, yeah, I was trying to work out how we could finish. Do you have a clip that you'd like to play? I have one, if you don't want one. But We I could have... finish on... Was the Snapper the one that was set in uh, Italia 90? I know we're not yeah. in the World Cup, but, like, it's... Yeah, okay, that would be it. Well, the van was... The van, was, sorry, yeah. The Snapper is going to be in on stage soon. That's yeah. why that's so my a bit head. of Roddy Doyle. Um, yeah, I... Okay, we'll go with that. I also had Bend It Like Beckham. Was my of course you did. Allusion to it, but he, yeah, I thought that was quite timely due to the rumors. They're R- divorced. Yeah. Rumors, rumors, rumors. Heavily rumored. Yeah. Our lawyer, I'll be knocking on the window there. So anyway, um, I look back on, on clips. Do you like Kieran Knightley? Yeah, and I look back on clips of it, and it kind of just looks like Grange Hill in terms of the production values and the stuff. But I remember it being kind of heartwarming. So anyway, two films to live within the world of football. Um, if you want to go and do that. So, uh, all right. Thanks very much for listening. Daniel Timofte, Dynamo Bucharest, midfield player, to step forward. The sequence now is that if he should miss this, and Ireland's last penalty taker should score, then the match of the progress are Ireland's. Timofte against Bonner. Entrusted with the responsibility of taking the penalty that could send Ireland into the quarterfinals of the World Cup. This kick can decide it all. The nation holds its breath.
to the quarterfinals of the World Cup. This is the kick that sends Ireland through to the World Cup quarterfinals. I love Ireland. This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one.